Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, that's probably an ad. It's the Adweek podcast where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the international editor for Adweek. And this week, uh, we are talking about the fastest growing agencies in the U.S., in the world, uh, that is uh, what's on our cover uh, this week in the newest issue of Adweek. And with me to talk about this big old list and who some of the more interesting agencies are that you should be aware of this year. We've got our two agency reporters, Kyle O'Brien and Emmy Lederman. Uh, thanks so much, both of you. Uh, Emmy, always a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. You're, you're a fan favorite. And by fan favorite, I mean uh, the, the those of us who are on the podcast each week and probably the listeners as well. You didn't send out a poll to listeners about their favorites? Uh, we, we do. We, we, we do intense uh, listener feedback to every single episode, and then we rate our coworkers accordingly. Uh, and you came out soundly in the middle, so congratulations. Uh, you know, no, it's, uh, it's always great to have you back. And <laughs> Kyle O'Brien, uh, Kyle, it's been a little while, so thank you so much for being on the podcast. Pleasure. I'm glad to be soundly uh, not even on the radar of most listeners. <laughs> you know, hey, the bottom third, someone has to be in the bottom third, right? <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Um, I, I don't want to be down there alone. <laughs> so um, this, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about uh, fast growing agencies. But look, before we get into some of the names on here, because I think folks will notice that uh, it's a very independent list. It's a very like kind of startup-y list. Now, part of that is because, of course, you're going to have uh, the most growth in the first few years you're starting out. Uh, but Kyle, let's talk a little bit. I'm sure everyone loves just listening to audio about methodology, um, but we'll keep it interesting. What? How do we measure fastest growing? It's not as simple as uh, they had 15 employees last year and they have 30 employees this year. Therefore, they had 100% growth. It's not quite that simple. So tell us how we measure a fastest growing agency. That's great. I, I actually don't uh, go into any of the um, uh, the methodologies much uh, from my perspective, but here's how it was done. It's three years um, of, of 
of revenue is being tracked essentially. So uh, this this one actually went into the pandemic, and that's of course going to going to skew a lot of things because obviously there there were many economic changes going on then. A lot of uh, a lot of agencies did not grow. A lot of them. Uh, got a lot smaller, unfortunately, but uh, there were the ones that managed to grow. So what it is, it's just a sum percentage of change in revenue over those three years that are reported. So uh, that's the reasoning for every ranking here. It doesn't have anything to do with we liked you better. Uh, there's no uh, editorial bias here. It's just who had the best numbers. And that's the ranking from one to 75 this year. Last year's winner was High Dive, correct? That was correct, yes. Agency known for their uh, many Super Bowl spots uh, and in a short amount of time. Uh, but uh, we will we will find out soon who this year's largest is. Emmy, first, I'm curious, uh, when you looked at this list of our 75 fastest growing agencies, how many were you familiar with? It, it's always kind of interesting to see, do I actually know any of these? <laughs> Yeah, well, considering I know nothing, um, that's probably not a good question to ask me, but I was familiar with Movers and Shakers. Um, I think that they're a really good TikTok brand or TikTok agency and are very connected to Gen Z and maybe like the Cashmere agency. I don't know, a lot of uh, some of these names stick out to me, but as I said, I'm kind of a blank slate and new to the, the gig. So. I don't want to pretend I have knowledge that I don't. Well, I mean, I, I could say I've been covering this stuff for uh, 15 years. Uh, I did not recognize probably 90% of the names on this list, uh, which again, is not a bad thing. It's not to imply they're sketchy or anything, but it just goes to show that the agency world is evolving very quickly. Um, and it's worth keeping an eye on some of these because there were some last year where I was like, huh, I've never heard of these folks. And I've heard of them 25 times uh, since last year's list came out. Uh, fast growing really is a great way to see who is kind of erupting onto the scene. Uh, and then there, there's some big players in there. I encourage everyone, don't just look at the top 10. Uh, that's always really interesting. It's certainly fascinating to see who is like growing the absolute fastest. But Kyle, I feel like uh, if you look around 25 to 35 on the list, that's where you really find these these pretty large shops uh, that are still continuing to see 150% growth uh, despite being you know, established with major clients. So it, it, you don't get the sense these are ones that are really kind of growing from nothing and just booming out of the gate. These are ones that are, you know, pulling off the hardest, like our, just to give people a sense of perspective, our our U.S. agency of the year last year, the Martin Agency, which had a tremendous year in quarantine or, you know, in the lockdown year compared to really, honestly, every other agency, they grew 30%. Like growing 30% in this kind of economy is is a feat of absolute, you know, it's it's stellar. Uh, and some of the, we're looking at agencies here, they're growing 300%. Uh, so Kyle, what struck you big picture about the kind of agencies that made this list? Well, I mean, I think what you have to look at here is there are, there are a lot of agencies that, yeah, you, I, you, you mentioned that, Hey, I haven't heard of some of these agencies. Well, there's, there's probably a reason a lot of them are very small, but they were able to have that growth because they were nimble agencies like we are Rosie, who is over 500%, um, because they were able to adapt. What I see is a lot of adapt 
adaptability to uh, a changing a changing world, especially during the pandemic, where you kind of went, okay, I don't know how these people are going to grow at all. Uh, let alone uh, over 100%. And then you have how many agencies over 100%? Like it, 44 agencies grew over 100% on this list. Uh, wow. And three over 1,000, uh, one over 2,000. We'll, we'll mention them in just a minute. And uh, We Are Rosie is a great example of a shop that you, I mean, it's well run. Uh, Stephanie Nadi Olson, who, who runs it, uh, does a great job. Uh, but it was really positioned to thrive. Uh, in this in this conditions of these past two years, you know they are, it's essentially a network of talent, right? That that operates remotely, and uh, that that model seemed really experimental uh, when they launched, and then over this past year has seemed completely logical, right? It has Absolutely. seemed like it, it was it was well ahead of its time. So with that, um, I don't know. I, th- I feel like we should. Uh, just be respectful of our of our listeners here by starting str- straight at the top. Uh, tell us uh, who is number one, Kyle, and who, what their growth percentage was, which is is it's it's something. That's a number. It's uh, so tell us about number one. It's some. Um, well, uh, Amy already mentioned them, but uh, now we can say they are number one uh, movers and shakers, uh, LA and New York based agency, um, and they grew. I want to give the number first before we start talking about them. 2,227%. That's right. Uh, an amazing, amazing. I mean, I just... They, Those are Bitcoin numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they blew up. And and I mean, it was right because they did connect with a Gen Z audience like like no one could really because they went, they went, they went for that audience originally and they knew that audience they went for tiktok before tiktok was big they helped make tiktok big and uh, especially through the uh, cosmetics company elf which of course uh, i didn't know at all before i really started looking into them because i don't have i don't wear cosmetics but um but the eye lips face hashtag hashtag challenge on tiktok put them put them on the map big time and from there they just kept growing uh and they've had an amazing ability to connect and therefore they had that huge growth. And I don't see them slowing down anytime soon because they, they are hip to the culture uh, as I am not. <laughs> Emmy, I, I feel like we should give some context here for folks who aren't as into TikTok uh, that, I mean, the eyes, lips, face challenge that they made for elf uh, cosmetics is I mean, it was such an, I mean, we throw around the word game changer a lot in in marketing, but it really was, this was a brand creating a custom piece of audio with the strategic understanding that audio, like, like I, I think a lot of folks who, again, who haven't used TikTok much don't understand that it's driven by audio and audio sharing in the way that hashtags uh, probably are, are, you know, you can best kind of find a parallel on Twitter. Uh, but if you can get someone sharing your audio, more and more people are going to want to share it because they know that the app is going to push them to the front because the app's like, oh, hey, this sound is popular. They created a custom piece of audio on a platform where that almost never had happened. And it just blew up on this level. And then now every other brand is just struggling to try to come up with something like that. Uh, It feels like Movers and Shakers were so far ahead of the curve on really identifying not just TikTok as a major platform, but you know, how, how to use it, which is a much harder conversation than just TikTok. It seems important. Yeah. I mean, the eyes, lips, face, sound and movers and shakers in general, like are kind of the blueprint in terms of TikTok advertising. People didn't view TikTok 
as you said, an audio, as an audio platform, they viewed it as a video sharing platform. But the reason that it has become so audio based is because people reinvent ways that they can adapt to these audios. And that's how viral trends come to be. So I really do think that Elf was like the first brand to be brave enough to try to like connect so closely with culture. Um, And they created this sound that's really catchy and that a lot of people have heard of or rings a bell with them, but they didn't necessarily know it was Elf. So I think that that sort of, this word is so disgustingly overused, but that sort of authenticity is what everyone's trying to replicate. And a lot of people are doing it poorly because it's overdone now, but yeah, they are um, the blueprint for sure. Well, I remember it, it, like, I had hosted a, a panel presentation a while back with one of the top marketers at Elf and they talked about how they created this thing. And I, I believe it was only 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Like it was a very short piece of audio that was custom created just for TikTok. Um, and then people wanted a full version and so they had to go out and write a full-length brand song out of the size. Of the, so let's listen to the short version just so people understand what we're what we're talking about here. Y'all need to hike me up. Do that thing with your eyes. Money, look. Let me see them lips. Attitude and give me face. Boom, boom, boom. Eyes, lips, face, wait. Who you got that drip? It ain't no debate. But it it's so surreal to me that you know, a, a branded sound would catch on to the point where people are like, I want it on Spotify. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we'll go, we'll go make a song version. And then it blew up on Spotify. And so it's just like, all this was happening before, uh, I believe before the pandemic. Um, and, and then now once you got into 2020 and people are just like, Oh yeah, of course, TikTok's blowing up, but it just goes to show if you can identify these platforms early, you can identify the strategies early uh, and get the right clients on board, uh, then you too can grow 2,200% for your agency at a time when every other agency is scrambling to break even. Um, Yeah, I think this is a great case study of like, listen to people that are younger than you because my sister was on TikTok way before I thought TikTok was cool. I thought, I mean, like back in the day, it was, um, what, what did TikTok go by before it changed its name? Musically. Musically. Oh my gosh. That was just deep in my, um, in the back end of my brain. But Musical.ly um, was always just seemed sort of cringy. And it was like all these 12 year olds doing dances. And then it became so instrumental in the marketing world and just in our lives in general but like you could see how brands during the elf phase when when elf started going into tiktok would have been scared to do that because they thought that it was like embarrassing and not their audience and a waste of time so i guess the moral of the story is listen to 12 year olds yeah there you go i i like love the fact that uh, that movers and shakers was able to convince Elf and Chipotle to get together for a brand collaboration and do food inspired makeup. I, not, not just once, but twice. I just think, I think that's genius. Kyle O'Brien, don't you want um, to wear eyeshadow? That is the exact color of your Chipotle black beans. I I, I want nothing more than that. Okay. I'm I'm an adobo chicken kind of. Um, I, you know, and I think Emmy raises a really great point, and this is something that 
not that marketers are beating down my door personally to ask, but when folks have asked, like, what do you think more agencies should do or more marketers should do? And it's like, really listen to your, your staff. And I mean, yeah, typically younger, but the ones who are engaged with these platforms, really listen to them about how people are using them. Because I think there's this, <laughs> like, there's this well-known um, default behavior of marketers, especially to just act like they understand everything and that they they know how things work because it's an industry that rewards you for confidence, right? And for being like, I know what I'm doing. Uh, and the reality is these platforms are so different and they are changing so rapidly and the tactics that work are changing so quickly that unless you're almost half living on these apps and really talking to other people who are, you're just, you're going to miss, you're going to miss it. If you think, well, we'll make this video and then we'll cut it vertical. <laughs> and then that'll be, that's our TikTok strategy. That's our Instagram story strategy. Uh, so, you know, this is a great example of just really thinking about these platforms in a hyper-specific way and then building campaigns around that versus just trying to say, we made a 60 second ad. Now we're going to cut it up into every platform we can think of. Um, I could, I could wax all day about uh, why I think brands don't pay enough attention to the evolving nature of platforms, but instead let's stay focused on fastest growing agencies. Uh, Kyle, who are some others that you would like to call out from the, the kind of top 10 range here? One that really impressed me was at, at number four with their, their growth of 820% uh, is uh, they don't have any vowels, but they call themselves what works. I believe a New York agency that barely has uh, above 10 people. People, I believe, uh, and they've they've really impressed me with the way they've done their growth and way they've uh, kind of gone about uh, promoting a minority black owned and uh, and brown owned businesses um, in in their growth. Just an amazing story. Yeah, she's eight hundred twenty percent. That's fantastic. Um, Emmy, uh, you you wrote up some of our some of the agencies in this year's fastest growing. Uh, tell us about some of the ones that you talked to. So I had the privilege of talking to number three, which was Click, and I talked to James Dressing, who is um, the founder and CEO, and he was just like very candid about the fact that um, when agencies sometimes are hyper fixated on creativity, they forget to consider data. So he's he was really focused on just performance marketing and creating results for his brand. Um, so he worked with United Way, um, the nonprofit and um, on different TikTok campaigns and with a university. And he just, you know, sometimes it's hard to get people to be straight to the point in this industry, but he just said like the agency world needs more data-driven marketing and that's what I'm doing for them. So that was cool. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, you would think, I think some folks might think that they're, that the the creative agency world and the performance marketing world are, are generally intersected. I, I would argue they're really not. Um, that they're very different human beings uh, <laughs> who do very different things, uh, which is too bad because they certainly, uh, for those who don't know, performance marketing is just, basically it's just marketing where you're um, like you're, you pay based on performance uh, instead of like, oh, we're going to run this ad on TV and we're going to pay this much. Uh, it's basically saying we will pay for every conversion or we will pay for every click. Um, and so because of that, it is completely data-driven and you've got these performance marketers are in high demand. They basically are just spreadsheet masters who can keep all these like Facebook and other campaigns going and keeping them optimized. But creative plays a big part in that, right? You can't optimize stuff if you don't have the creative to, to do. But I do think there's a certain kind of uh, creative snobbery 
uh, among a lot of traditional agency folks who just think that performance marketing is just media placement, uh, which I get, you know, it kind of is, but it's, it's, it, you know, there really was no equivalent of this uh, when I was working in advertising. And I think for a lot of people who've been in the industry a while, making sense of performance marketing and data and how that can jibe with uh, creative, it's hard. It's harder than people think. So the, that's a smart niche. Uh, and I love that, you know, he just started it in his bedroom a few years ago and here they are growing 1000%. Uh, so congratulations. Don't we think that, I also think that kind of speaks to something more general. Like a lot of times you'll make fun of things and say that they're lame or they're not as cool because you don't understand them. Like that's what I did with math in high school. I was like, well, I'm not a math person. It seems like there's a parallel to be drawn at like these creative agencies where they're kind of may um, act a certain way towards performance marketing when really it's because it's like this very complex thing that might be difficult to understand. So I don't know, there's, there's definitely some sort of divide there. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. When, when I worked at an agency around 2006, uh, 2007, I was creating our social media practice, which of course at first was content, right? It was a content practice, but very quickly, I, you know, I said, we need to be working with bloggers uh, at the time, you know, because again, this is 06, 07. And we got a lot of pushback from my, the PR director at my agency who did unpaid outreach to journalists, right? And had been doing this forever. And he was like, well, we're not going to pay them. And I was like, yeah, of course we're going to pay them. You know, we'll pay them to write about our product and to do a thing. And they'll disclose that it's an ad um, because all that stuff was very new. But I was like, yeah, I'll pay them a few hundred bucks and they'll disclose it and we'll we'll be all good. And there were there were so many people who thought this was an insane idea, (laughs) which, of course, now is just it's just influencer marketing. It evolved into the space where at the time they were bloggers, but then they moved to Instagram. And, you know, it's like they are some of them now have millions of, of audiences. And yeah, there was just this kind of, I, I will say this, uh, that that PR director kind of poo-pooing this whole idea of, uh, of paying for placement with influencers. Uh, it was the best thing that could have happened to me uh, career-wise, like professionally, because it just gave me all the runway. <laughs> like he was like, I think this is silly and I'm not going to do it. And I was like, cool. I think it's huge and I am going to do it. And it worked out great. And so, you know, to your point, it's just, if someone's laughing at something new and you're willing to do the work, uh, you'll just take the money that they're, you know, that they're giving up uh, to do it. Yeah. I feel like that's a interesting um, point about influencer marketing in general, because a lot of, um, a lot of times, like in the beginning, it was really seen as just an experimental budget and kind of like the naive younger sister of marketing or younger brother of marketing that really was, was too young to, and too clueless to know what they were actually talking about or drive results. But now it's completely blown up and you see Whaler, which all of a sudden is this marketing agency um, or influencer marketing agency. That's number 27 on our list. So 165% growth. Um, And Kyle wrote this, wrote this story earlier, but um, they suddenly were hiring for 85 positions and now have an API with TikTok. So they're completely integrated with the platform. Um, They were one of the only influencer marketing agencies to do that, to have that integration. 
So I think it just really speaks to the fact that influencer marketing has become something that none of us ever thought it could be. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the, the uh, Whaler is just one of those stories where I, I, I had really not heard much of them before I you know, started hearing of them fairly recently. And I went, oh, okay, influencer marketing, because when influencer marketing came out, you know, I was I was kind of like, oh, great, another influencer. What are they trying to sell me in such poor ways that I would never, ever, ever buy that product? Um, but now, I mean, there are so many different types of influencers from the micro to the celebrity that uh, that you know whaler is is being able to capitalize on every kind of uh, level of influencer and let's go down to one uh, number 28 with 164% growth uh, speaking of somebody that's uh, influencing things they are an influencer marketing plus more but cashmere my god uh, after they already submitted for uh, fastest growing, uh, they not only became the Taco Bell, uh, what do they call the the culture agency of record for Taco Bell, and then Media Monks got through them. And so, I mean, I can imagine that they wouldn't be on this list again much higher up next year because uh, of what happened to them afterwards. I mean, number 28 with 164% growth was before any of this happened. So amazing story there. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. And just, just, uh, below them, 29 arts and letters mm-hmm. creative. Uh, this is the, uh, AKA the other Richmond agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the Martin agency. Um, arts and letters has done some really fantastic work for Google. Uh, it's probably, uh, I want to say they did that, uh, Macaulay Culkin, uh, Google home spot. If you remember from a few years back from Christmas, I think that was their first kind of real breakout, uh, piece, but, uh, you know, they're, they're fantastic. Like their creative is, is really top notch. Uh, and I would, uh, you know, it is an insult to call someone a traditional agency. Um, but I will say that they're a, a somewhat more traditional creative agency than a lot of the ones on this list. Uh, and I, and I feel like, again, we saw some of the strongest creative agencies were kind of in that twenties and thirties, uh, rankings. Uh, that's where, you know, you mentioned Cashmere is at 28. I think they're certainly on the come up as kind of this new evolution. You got 31 is Dagger uh, in Atlanta, uh, which is uh, just doing some really fascinating things and really embracing Atlanta culture in a great way. Uh, yeah, there's, there, I, I hope people spend some time with this list again, not just to say like, look who is number one. That That is obviously the most attention grabbing. But to get in here, there's some real fascinating shops. Uh, uh, Shale Worldwide, uh, the the Korean uh, ad agency or Korean founded ad agency for Samsung. Uh, you know, they're they're a big they're a big old network, and they're in at number 22, growing 211 percent. So right right alongside these influencer agencies and performance marketing shops. Uh, so it's it's a fascinating mix, and I think if you're going to look at a list like this, this is the year to do it because. No, everything got thrown off the table, right? Over these last, this is, again, as we mentioned at the top, this is looking at three years of data. And so now you're looking at essentially two years of pandemic adaptation and which agencies have really consistently uh, grown through that time. And we've talked about a lot of the recurring themes uh, that come up. And I think you're going to find even more when you dig through that. So I will save the rest of the big reveals for uh, folks to uh, listen, you know, who are listening to dig through the list themselves and find some gems. Uh, but uh, congratulations, Kyle. And I mean, this is always a, a huge labor. Uh, Jameson Fleming, our agency's editor, was huge on this. Uh, it takes months to put all this together and go through the data and confirm all the data and make sure all of this is legit. So uh, big thanks to the Adweek agencies team for uh, putting all this together and for coming on the podcast to uh, to talk about it. Pleasure. I'm always here. 
<laughs> yes, we will. We will always, uh, always looking for reasons to bring me back. Um, so, uh, so yeah, be sure to check out uh, the full list of the 75 fast growing agencies on adweek.com. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, and uh, we, we will, we've got so much more coming up uh, for those who uh, don't pay attention to the Adweek editorial uh, calendar. I mean, who doesn't? I assume everyone just consults it nightly after dinner. Um, we've got so much coming up in the next uh, next few months. Uh, we're already starting our agency of the year process. Uh, so it's it's a lot. There's going to be some amazing lists and honors and awards coming out soon. Uh, and just really basically through the end of the year, it's going to be nonstop over here. So we have so much more content uh, and so much to bring you. So uh stay tuned uh, and uh, make sure you're keeping an eye on adweek.com our theme music is by home this week's episode was produced by nick gardner and edited by lane mcgivney if you haven't already please leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast uh, those reviews mean a lot to us personally and they help new listeners discover the show uh, if you would like to reach us at any time you can email podcast at adweek.com that's podcast at adweek.com for adweek i'm david griner and we will be back next week Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.